guys, welcome to episode number 10 of the Hustle Sanctuary, and our guest today is Allegra Torrell. Hello. What'd I do? <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. It's a pleasure. We've been looking forward to this for forever, actually. For all 10 episodes. Day, day one of the, <laughs> of the podcast. Give us a little bit of your background, where you're from, and what sort of you know, you were sort of called to as uh, as a kid. So I was born in London, uh, but I'm Turkish. And then I moved to America in 94 or 92, can't remember. But prior to that, I had lived between, uh, well, London, Geneva and Istanbul because, you know, modern families and the wow. prevalence of divorce and multiculturalism allow for... Yeah, nomadic lifestyle. So that's interesting. And then in 94, I moved to Florida, as you do. You know, having been in Geneva and Istanbul, Florida is the next <laughs> best place. Um, I moved to the smallest like city ever that my mom found. That must have been bizarre, right? The culture shock of Florida versus, you know... The, the lack of culture. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the culture. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the lack no, no, of no, culture No, no, no. I think you're right. Culture shock is right. Yeah. Lack of culture. Lack of culture shock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty bad. I mean, I just remember the South being... Because people always say Florida isn't the South. But oh. let me tell you, when you pull up in a F1, F350 with a bunch of people who would be proudly calling themselves rednecks with Confederate flag belts whilst you're in the flatbed of the truck going to a field full of crosses and you're a Jew, you begin to wonder if that's actually oh, happening. That's great. So yeah, they are. It is the South after, <laughs> after saying that. Um, so I, it was fun though because I like I learned how to um, hunt. Really? Yeah, I can hook a gator with a spiked thingy. Don't know what it's called, but like a spiked prong thingy. You put marshmallows on it and you throw it in, and the gator eats it, and then you pull it out and you take out all its organs whilst you're pulling it out, and then you you gut it, which I've done and eaten it. There could be the most fascinating five seconds of the podcast thus far. I twisted the neck off <laughs> no. once. Off of a hawk. Yeah, hog. 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 You know, like a pig. A pig. You're saying you took a pig's head off? Mm-hmm. I cut it. Uh, with a marshmallow. No, that was that was the gator, babe. <laughs> Got to keep the animals in line. <laughs> this is horrible. Okay, all right. So <laughs> for all you animal activist people, this is not. We I'm got wearing vegans. Mink on my shoes. Sorry. Earmuffs. Earmuffs yeah. with the vegans. Okay, so yeah, eat some meat. <laughs> Okay, so take us. Okay, so take us from there. So, so you're really like embracing the South. It sounds like you know you're. I like to embrace culture. I think it's wow. it's pretty fascinating to have such views. I mean, I went from boarding school to like you know skiing on the Alps to Muslim centric Turkey to wow. hogs. I mean, as you do, it's it kind of awesome because if I hadn't, I probably would be super stuck up like. Many of those in boarding school who That's come true. from that world. That's true. So I got to like hunt really like fish. sheltered. I think boarding school. I think sheltered, and that's not you. Yeah, maybe naive. Naive, sheltered, naive. Yeah, like yeah. Kind of interchangeable. Like just wankers usually. Yeah. I'd like to think I'm not. And that's not you. Yeah. I mean, that's so funny. Wait so till I leave to call me a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> when the shit when so, the shit goes live, then you can call me one. Also, side note, last week I, or two weeks ago, I went to um, the Juneteenth 
uh, celebration, which was on MLK in San Diego. Amazing. You, are you going to ask me what that is? Please do. <laughs> Please let us know, Yes, the, the European is going to tell the American what <laughs> Juneteenth is. It was the abolition of, abolition of slavery. Oh, wow. Yeah. June 19th. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth. Yeah, so it was, June I think it was June 19th back then. That's huge. That's not necessarily common knowledge. Yeah, it's not common here. knowledge. Yeah, let's go to MLK and find out about it, though. Wow, that's impressive. All right, so... Wait, oh, I saw your Facebook thing, actually. There were, like, people dressed up like Zamunda. It was awesome, yeah. Zamunda, they had this yeah. African dancing thing, and there were so many people from West Africa. Yeah. Because London has so many uh, residents from West Africa. Wait, for those of the people that are listening that don't know, watch Coming to America. They might not know about it. They should it. be shocked. If you don't know that movie, you don't deserve to listen to this podcast. Don't listen to She's her. She's your still... queen. <laughs> we, we welcome Just all. Be. I'm not, if you know, if you, it's like that, that Seinfeld episode, No Soup For You. Yeah. If you don't know that either, you no shouldn't be listening. for you. <laughs> yeah, no uh, podcast for you. Oh my God, you're ruthless. You're taking mar- marshmallows with pigs and you can't, now you're June like. Juneteenth? Juneteenth? Get it. All right. Ruthless. All right, so so let's uh, let's talk about like what are some highlights that happened there? Like like trying. Is that all highlights? That's amazing. I feel like that was very highlight. What's the What's the highlight? Was there like one like above the rest that was like this was really cool? This happened when I went there. Yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of those. I think as an adult, one of the most uh, those days that you're just like, man, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. Definitely when I met Minister Farrakhan. Um, when I got to go to the Million Men March anniversary, I think probably even before that, the first time I heard about Malcolm X and MLK, and I remember I was doing a uni course at SOAS in London, which is a school of Oriental and African Studies, and I walked out to the courtyard, and there were just like spools, schools, don't even know what that is, that I'm trying, groups, there you go. Groups. Of, yeah, of people that were promoting, like one was promoting Marxism, one was promoting... MLK and and Malcolm X and it was like this mini revolution inside this school but for knowledge like trying to break ignorance rather than people getting angry and throwing things through windows which I'm you know is also okay even if some of those movements conflicted they were all there yeah that's really interesting it's so cool people were handing out pamphlets and I was like yo what is all this I want to eat all this up and I mean in England of course we had heard about MLK I suppose in Turkey we maybe a bit less I don't feel like I really understood who he was or had the desire to look into who he was until I was like maybe 14 and I was taking this course in London. And um, yeah, that's when I sort of started to drink it all up. And then I became probably a little too obsessed. Mm. And then I think thereafter, I mean, like... Tell us something about MLK that people may not know. You wouldn't know that I got a letter from his wife. That was amazing. Really? Yeah, where is okay, that Okay, that's about? very cool. You can't find that letter? No, back then I was just like, this happened. Uh, yeah, I know. It's so unfortunate. And I got one from Maya Angelou. Don't know where that is. Okay, you're no longer <laughs> invited back to this podcast. She's amazing. I know, man. It's a shame. I don't know where any of that is. My moment that I hope to never forget is uh, when I got to go to the Million Man March anniversary. And I sat front row. And I, it was just incredible. It was amazing. So, yeah, I mean, again, you met minister, the minister. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, recently, more or less. So yeah, let's yeah. okay. So let's pick it. Let's go kick it back. So we got the timeline right here for folks. Oh yeah. So right. 
So I'm good at that. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll steer the ship. Yeah. So, so uh, London, uni, right? Um, I went to school in America, my cottage. I went to UMass. I finished in three years because of all the extra work I had done in summers and winters, and I just never got out of school. Were you like, were you a true like library rat was, it, almost? No. Like you just wouldn't leave the library? I'm probably going to regret saying this, but it was a, it's UMass. It wasn't very difficult. So oh. I didn't really have to study that hard. <laughs> Shout out to UMass. Yeah, <laughs> definitely send your, your kids there, parents. Um, but I had gone to a public high school mm-hmm. and because I went to a public high school, Literally, even though I had a 4.0, no one would accept me as in college, I swear. Because I didn't have a massive resume. It was like a public high school. I can't put, I was one of, let's say, 50 white kids at the school. Uh, you know, I can't put that as my check on the box. I had nothing. Well, wait a minute, but you're you're Turkish, so they have quotas to meet, so you could slip in that way. Yeah, okay. Right? So I was applying to BU, where everyone is Turkish. I was applying to BC, yeah. where they're all like bougie kids and then harvard that was later that was my that was later okay so i applied to all these schools because i knew i wanted to be in boston but Mm -hmm. i couldn't really get into any and i got boston that might be worth asking you my brother went to bard um in western mass when he was 15 all right so i was so you weren't like an alcoholic that loved hockey because that's that's what i think of when i think of boston but i'm sure there's shout out to boston (laughs) shout out to boston we're slapping all you people let them Oh my god! Um, yeah, we're so, not really like that, by the way. No, we, we, we love are. we love all. Okay, go ahead. I don't. Um, yeah, so we went to. So I wanted to go to school in Boston. I guess that's why. And then um, I got into like Penn State or something. That's not a bad school. Well, it was in the middle of bloody nowhere, and it's okay. bloody cold. <laughs> And I mean, I remember going and being like, there, this is too much grass. I need some city. No, thanks, mom. Let's go home. So oh we, that five minutes I left. Oh, and my God. So I didn't get into anywhere other than, well, the school I would have chosen because it was the closest to Boston was UMass. So then I graduated in three years because I was always taking extra classes. It's not about the, the grades. It was just I was doing. Why were you in a hurry to finish? Were you like, I just want to get out with my life and yeah, I want to do it? Was... for no man. Okay. Respect. So then I finished when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Then I applied again to BU and Harvard. And I think that's it. And I didn't get in. And then I was like, wait, this is some BS. So I took my hat, as my grandfather says, and showed up on the doorsteps of those two deans. Oh, and Columbia. Because I was going to get into we're, Columbia. We're still talking undergrad. No, this is my master's. Now, now we're talking master's, right? At 20. They said, no, you're too young. All of them. I'm too young. Six months later, after doing... um. I was a paralegal at a law firm. Mm-hmm. In Boston, yeah. still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I reapplied. And they were a bit nicer in their response. And mm-hmm. I showed up on their doorsteps, all of them, because they had rejected me again. In other words, Columbia, Harvard, these people. BU, yeah. yeah. And I was like, look, I think that it's unacceptable that you've rejected me. And you have to let me in. And they were like, okay, what? You know, that why? And I yeah. was like, because this is... I'm a minority. I can do this. You want to let me in? I've got more multiple. Did I not call that? I said the minority card. Yeah, no, I was I'm right. Just an yeah, I know. And I was like, I have, I have every multicultural component in my back pocket. And they were like, so does everyone else. Hello, Ooh. this is BU and Harvard. You Ouch. know. And I was like, that's valid, but they aren't 0.02% of the population of which Jews are in Turkey. Mm. But again, that didn't help. Uh, uh, so still a brick wall. Okay. Yeah, still and- a brick wall. And I showed up a lot there. I mean, this guy was like, look, you can't do this anymore. Wow. And the deans. It's really funny. And then, um, so they said, look, if you do a 
a summer course here. And we won't tell the professors that you're doing the summer course. If you get above a 90, okay, we'll let you in. So this is my grandfather's 90th birthday that year. And he was donating a hospital to the community in Isn't Turkey. Isn't that kind of a coincidence? You got to get above a 90. He's 90. All right. Maybe it wasn't 90. I don't know. Maybe okay, right. No, because you got this, you got this umph in you because you learned it from your grandfather, yeah, right? Sure. So yeah, that's insane. Shit from yeah. anyone. Yeah. So... It was my grandfather's 90th birthday. He was also donating this hospital. He had just had a book written about him. It was a big year, and we were celebrating it all together with the family it's that incredible. summer. And we were doing this ribbon cutting for the hospital, and it was an amazing opportunity. And my grandfather's Wait, book, what hospital? You my love. grandfather donated a hospital in Turkey. Very cool. And that was the summer. It was being uh, yeah. skipped, whatever. The... The, the cutting. Uh, yeah, the inauguration. Yeah, I don't or know. Something, That's whatever the right word is. <laughs> so we were supposed to do that and everyone in the family went and I missed it so I could do this bloody summer session. But wow. it was worth it if I was getting into the university. So, so you kind of rolled the dice because there was no guarantee you were going to get him, but yeah. Well, I was getting in, but man. You, you, were, you were not going to say no to me after that. <laughs> Did you? I, so, so this was for like two months? How long was this for? No, the whole summer, three months. Three months. Hell of now, so did you like literally put yourself in a cave and just do this for yeah. three months? I, I moved closer to BU so that I could only do that course. Yeah. And, um, so you didn't party like really like no, no you were just like never, hunkered down boom I was also never the party girl like freshman year for the first two months maybe I drank beer which I will never admit again <laughs> um, and watch baseball because that's what you do in Boston that's what I thought after that not hockey though and hockey after that, I uh, got into a relationship and was like married. So I didn't really, wow. you know, do the whole party thing. Wait, so you were in a serious relationship during this three month stretch? Yeah, he lived, we lived together. In, oh, oh, then it's easier. Okay, Boston. got it, got it, got it. Okay. But I moved closer to the school for that three month stretch and just would come home on the weekends because I needed to focus. Okay. So I did that and I went to this school and I stayed at this shit hole of a place, I remember. And I didn't even want to touch the floor with my feet. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> I just remember that feeling. I'm really skewed by the that. The image of you like tiptoeing around, like yeah. putting a towel underneath <laughs> your feet. That That's amazing. Oh, it was so gross. It was so gross. Anyway, so I do this course and then in the end of the semester, the bastard somebody tells the professor, by the way, we're sort of checking to see if she can do this as a graduate level in order for her to get in. Wait, wait, wait. I want to be clear for the listeners on this. So, like, you were good to go and then they threw you a curveball? Like, now they're going to, like... Well, no. The, the curveball was that the dean had promised me that they wouldn't tell the professor mm -hmm. because I believed that if they did tell right. him, he would be biased. He would shut it down, maybe. Or push me harder than he would or grade right. me harder than he would. Right, because you already told no. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So then at the end of the semester, they told on, they told, I guess they disclosed this, even though they weren't Bef supposed to. Before it was finished. Right. Right. So he then like changed, did a 180. And, I, and then I called the professor and I, or the dean. He did a 180 saying, no, this thing doesn't count anymore, basically. No, the professor did a 180 in how he treated me. He went from me saying I was his prized student. Oh, oh supportive like, yeah. and everything. Too. Well, just, he didn't know. He mm -hmm. went from being ignorant of this pretty important component mm -hmm. to being now fully in the know with a lot of pressure to decide a student's career mm. and it's BU or Harvard was the same. So they had this, you know, sort of expectation that had now been super exacerbated by the fact that he has pressure. You're right. So he wasn't supposed to know. Somebody told, I don't know whom. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he went from being like, oh, I don't know if you're ready. 
And then I was like, this is some bullshit. We had a verbally binding agreement that if I do this and succeed, you will accept me. You can't then renege, nor can you throw a curveball into it because a professor is going to be biased. They don't want that kind of pressure. This Oof. is, these places are so... so- what was going through your head though? Like, Blankets, Sue, do anything. No, no. Were, were, was there any, uh, like, was there fear? Was there panic? A anger. Little? A lot it was anger. mostly anger? Yeah, because okay. it's unethical to change one's agreement. That is not something that's acceptable. Wow. We talk about so many, like, on the show, we've had a lot of entrepreneurs and artists on talking about their twists and turns, but we haven't had, like, the student twists and turns yet. So this is, like, a really dope angle to look at. I but no, a lot. this was, like, life or death for you. Like, you, like, yeah, laid it all on the line. You missed the damn hospital yeah. opening. My baba. Everything. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so you're on a mission. So now you just came back harder, right? Yeah, of course. And yeah. then it worked in the end because I argued so much that they were just sick of me because they were just like, this girl in- needs to get out of my face. Amazing. So then I got so- into Harvard. Then I was like, eh, I want to change schools. You weren't a fan of Harvard. I get. I just didn't want to be the shout out to Harvard. <laughs> I just. I was like, everyone in the class was 100 years older than I was with 72 degrees, and I was like, yo, I am the loser in this oh class. Oh my god! So my ego was like, I like her, not a good look. So I went to Brandeis, where I was far better. Okay, and then you did two years, I guess, at Brandeis. Uh, I think a year, and then I left. You got your degree. Didn't finish. Left. <sighs> you didn't get your degree. Yeah, uh, I was like, this is boring. I think also I'd like to know that I could do it. So once you can do it, you don't want it anymore because it's boring. People say that about like relationships. and women. Yeah. 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 Soon as like, ah, I'm over it. Oh my God. Okay. Yep. I get it. Um, okay. Wow. Okay. That's Fast a good. forward 10 years now. That's a good segue point. Okay. No. So where do you go from there? So now are you. Yeah. Then I moved to New York. One day, I was just like, I can't do this shit anymore. On a whim, like, no, nothing solid, right? My relationship ended after six years. Okay. Because I just didn't, I also couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm going to move to New York. And I had bought a house in Boston. But the New York thing, was it, was it just, I'm just going to like take this leap and and just figure out what I want to do next? Like there was no like, I'm going to do this when I get there, right? There was literally just, Mm. I'm moving to New York. Okay. So, and I was like, I'm going to do fashion. When you got there, you're like, I'm gonna do fashion. Yeah. Cool. Because that's what you do there. Right. And because for some reason, I felt like I knew what I was and doing. You, yeah, you, because you're good at I that did, anyways. I worked in the costume department of the performing arts high school. Did I you leave this out? Oh, shit. You're yeah. holding out on us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And my dad one year had signed me up to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in London, which is a really mm, prestigious. Yeah. Super. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I designed the costumes and set for a version of Midsummer Night's Dream at very the um, cool. Royal Albert Hall. Okay, very so cool. So I guess I must have had something, the capacity to do it. So I moved to New York, hired some bougie publicist <laughs> who managed to uh, get me um, on s- some sort of deal with the cast from that one show, Royal, ha- Ra- Ra- Royal Housewives? Ra- what's no, it called? No, I mean... Something Housewives of New York. I think it's just... Real, real. Real Housewives of New York? Yeah. Okay. And then I became a couple of their stylists, and then I was like, wait, why aren't you guys getting free shit to wear on the show all the time? That's an were, obvious thing. They didn't know? They weren't... Well, this was 10 years ago, love. Okay. They weren't doing... It was like the first time that that show had come on. This was like pre-Kim Kardashian's TV uh, thing, kind of, you know? It was okay. like before reality run the world. Um, so... One of the wives was like, I don't know, we're not getting free stuff. And I was like, what? You need to Jew this up. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shout out to the Jews. Yeah, exactly. We're not hating on them. It's different than the Harvard Boston shout out. Yeah, we are Jews. So. We're Jews. Yeah, I wanted to put that out there. Yeah, then, then it makes it okay. Um, so we, we, yeah, I, I made up these contracts and I pretty much went door to door for every brand I had ever known, which I did know some because I modeled. I left that out. I, mm. I modeled for like Vogue and stuff. When wait I a second. Wait a second. So that's what brought you to New York. That was part of what brought you to New York. No, no? I couldn't just be some model. No offense. Were- shout out to all the models. <laughs> Yeah, no, when I was 15, I was discovered by the Italian Vogue editor at the time. Amazing. Who, um, yeah, he put me on a couple Where of was covers. it? In London? Where, where, where was, were you discovered? I was in, where was I? In Florida Some, somewhere. In Florida. I thought it was going to be like this, like, amazing cosmopolitan, yeah. like, romantic. No, it was no, just, it was, it was like a ga- it was a 76 gas station Seriously. in Hollywood, Florida. So okay. he put me on a couple covers and I had Elite or Ford Management, I don't remember who it was at the time, offer me something. And then I was like, wait, no, I don't want to be a stereotypical woman who's like good looking, but without a brain at the time models again, shout out. Um, (laughs) So I felt really bad about being that stereotype. So I was like, no, I'm going to just focus on education, but at least I got to have that fun. But then that helped me a bit because I'd walked a few shows, like I walked a Versace show. I had walked a few shows. So I guess I must have had the inclination towards fashion and also everyone in my family, like Dior, the house of Dior used to come to my family's home and do these private shows. So there must, there's fashion in the family. And so I guess at 18, 19, 20, I guess at that mm-hmm. point, 20, when I moved to New York, 21, I don't even know. I was like, okay, I'm going to do fashion. So I just had these balls and sense of entitlement to go door to door to brands and tell them to give me their shit for free. And they did, which is crazy. That is crazy. I was just like, look, I'm going to get your stuff on the TV show. That's what they say, though. Like, if you just approach situations like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm yeah. like, you don't, that's all it takes. Yeah, dogmatic. <laughs> way to go. It is the way. And they all let me. Like, Nicole Farhi was the biggest supporter. And um, Who's Nicole Farhi, for those that don't French know? Does she Connection. Run, uh, yes. She runs French Connection? It's the brand that's in collaboration with French Connection. It's um, 202. The same brand. It's owned by 202. Okay. Um, and then, I just, I don't know. Then I started... By fluke, just being at the right place at the right time and started working for royal families in the Middle East. Like doing, um, what, what's the word? Styling, right? Styling yeah, for then them? Yeah, it was more like lifestyle advice. Like, where do you okay. want to buy art from? Got who, it. Who do you want? What do you want to be wearing? I'm going to find what I think you should be Anything wearing. Anything involving art and fashion, right? Your lifestyle. Yeah. Gypsy jet set life, as they call Gypsy it. Gypsy jet set life. Yeah. Nice. People with um, a lot of money to burn. Yeah. 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 Um, tough life. Felt, 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 felt. <laughs> no, first sort of So I just would sort of get in these crazy situations. Oh man, what's so ironic though is like I don't know. I just had this like flash of a thought. Like some people just are like banging the table, like my fucking Wi-Fi is not working, and then there's other people like, where am I going to get my next fucking meal from? And the and the and then there's like, where's my the private spectrum jet? of that? Yeah, where's my private jet? Is it's kind of, it'll blow your mind if you like sit and think about that for a second. Do you know what I mean? I guess. I mean, it's the problem. That's it, life, isn't it? I know. That's why Sub-Saharan Africa is Sub-Saharan. Wow. Still. I think Marx was onto something. <laughs> Anyways, shout, shout out, out to, to Marx. Marx. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, okay, so... Let's, all right, so you're, you're doing the fashion thing in New York now. Like you said, you took yeah, the leap. Yeah, I started and working for um, these families. These families. And, yeah, yeah. 
And then I was just traveling between London, Istanbul, New York, wherever mm-hmm. else, Paris, wherever. Japan, I know, is a favorite for you, yeah, for you, I right? Love okay. Tokyo. What do you love about Japan, by the way? Like, we're on it. What do you love about it? Oh, the fact that I don't know anything. It's not like I can speak the language and even remotely get by. You don't get overwhelmed being like, um, lost? not com- yeah, lost. No, out of control. Oh my God, that's wonderful. No. Really? Okay, because when I was in Paris, it really freaked me out because everything's no. in French yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, someone that speaks English in Japan. Well, when I uh, first went, yeah, now it's different. There's far more um, English speaking. Yeah. Well, no, there's far more tourists and like white tourists. Oh, so you just talked to another white tourist. You could get some guidance. Yeah. You know? Whereas when I first went, I was literally the only one in Shibuya <sighs> at that crossing that was white. white. Wow. White in the Western sense. So when you had to figure shit out, you just figured it out? Yeah, man. What else are you going to do? I like that. That's balls. I like that. Or just logic. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Shout no. out. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out Japan. No, people don't like to be out of their comfort zone. You know that, right? Uh, I mean, that's the ultimate sure. out of your comfort but zone. But when you so, spent your life outside of your comfort zone, it becomes what you know, and therefore it becomes your comfort zone. So that's a real deep thought right there. To be challenged on that. Shout oh, out to people whose heads just exploded listening. To be challenged what? To be challenged with... Like, different different yeah, places to be able and, to be challenged yeah when you can't get out of your comfort zone when you can't feel like that do you know how many of my friends who had never left america or never left wherever would go to this country and they would talk about whatever country it was that wasn't their own they would talk about this vertigo and this feeling that was like nauseous and weird and i don't know where i am and it was like they were on acid be- without being on the drug because of the environment you're saying yeah just because yeah. it was so far-fetched and unknown wow. to them I've never they, they had, had a that physical feeling. response yes, to it. Wow. Response. I've never had that ever, but I heard about it and I dreamt about it. And I was like, <laughs> you yeah, what it. is this? Yeah. Like, don't give me the drug. Give me, that's like a real life high man. That's amazing. And I just, I never had that. Cause I, you know, from my now studies, I understand that humans are innately able to survive and do survive. And therefore getting thrown into that new element doesn't, doesn't usually do anything for me it, it's just what I, I mean i went to boarding school at 10 like i can handle anything so being able to feel off even if it's for a second yeah it's, it's why i buy art it's the most beautiful feeling ever that feeling love that um it's yeah because then i've known people that are sheltered like we were talking about your uh boarding mates right and like naive and sheltered and then all of a sudden when like life throws you a wave oh my god you're like done can't you can't even yeah you're like you're done and so it is a real it is a true blessing actually to gravitate to the path that you did so now where are we at we're new york leaving new york i i was traveling a lot i got right. more job offers then i started to work for i guess my biggest oh here's one of those moments hmm. in 2011 I was sitting at home and I got a call from one of my friends who used to be run the e-commerce for a luxury brand. Mm -hmm. And they said, do you want to lead us on our um, Abercrombie and Fitch expansion into the Middle East? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I? (laughs) Yes. So I had to teach them how to... By the way, that brand is known as being super white, by the way. In fact, they were sued, I think, actually, for being super white. Just an FYI, shout out Abercrombie Fitch. Yeah, no shit, firstly. And secondly, shout out to the judicial system that you just ripped, because getting sued for being too white or too vanilla is not something that can actually happen. They would have more politically correct jargon. But anyway, I like that you just went there. Um, 
No, they got they get sued. They've been sued for about forty million dollars at the time worth of lawsuits based on sexual uh, discrimination and things like that because mm. they they used to hire women or men based on um, based on how they looked and you obviously that's discrimination. So they had to change their contracts to being hired as models. But it's their brand. Yeah, Do but you then see you have to saying? change the product so that they're brand consultants and it's an image thing rather than then you're actually just coming for a job. You're, you're literally right. being hired for your for your. Just product. like St. Laurent has a brand, you know, cracked out, heroin, strung out, Ooh. you know. Well, sorry, oh, shout, shout out, out St. Laurent. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, they got a lot of billboards in LA, man. And, and it's always the same sort of theme, isn't models it? Look like. <laughs> shout out models. Shout out models. <laughs> Oh, what a great podcast. <laughs> um, so, okay, so so you take this Abercrombie and Fish, you're leading the charge, right? Yeah, it was and amazing. And then one day I was in Dubai, I think on this project, and one of my friends was like, yo, I've got this friend who's a sheikh in Kuwait. If you want to stay stable in an environment and a job, why don't you just go there and talk to him and see what he can do? And this was a person who like ran the GCC, Gulf Arab Coalition, for those of you Thank who you. don't know. So she was like, we were in Dubai and we were just chilling there one day and she goes, um, I've got this friend, you should go. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to go. So I booked a flight at that moment. To Dubai. To Kuwait. Oh, sorry, to Kuwait. On a propeller plane. Let me tell you. From where? From Dubai. It's only an hour, but because oh. it's so close by, I guess most people drive, and therefore there aren't. There's only like every other day flights. I won't get on a propeller plane. No, of course not, because you can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I get on this Kuwaiti Airlines flight, mm -hmm. and uh, there's three other people in the plane. And when the plane starts taking off, were you the, wearing a shoot? Don't be ridiculous. It's <laughs> wearing high heels. Actually. Um, I get on the plane, and the Bisman al Hakim comes on the Surah for a safe flight. And I was like, "Oh my God, I'm a Jew. I'm going to Kuwait. My passport is stamped with Arab things. Goodbye, God. Sorry for pissing you off." <laughs> Shout out, God. And Kuwait. <laughs> and Kuwait. And thing I just hit. And I was just feeling like, oh God, what have I done? You know, no one knows I'm going to Kuwait. Is wow. this, am I going to go into one of those horror films? Not that Kuwait is like that, but just I haven't told anyone where I'm going. Mm. So my friend calls this sheikh and arranges everything. I land, somebody comes up to me and says, are you Allegra? I said, yes, obviously, because there were three bloody people on the plane, <laughs> of which both were wearing burqas. <laughs> and um, he takes my passport and then he's gone. And I was like, right, so that's it. That's it. I'm just, that's it. That's life. So I'm in my pocket trying to text my mum and my aunt to say, I would look. be freaking out. Now, somehow I was oddly calm. Yeah. I was texting them and I'm like, look, if I disappear, I've decided to go Kuwait for the day. Just tell someone. So I go, and then I walk down the back of the airport. I don't go through customs. It's genuinely dodgy. But at the same time, I'm like, whoa, this is fun. <laughs> and I get into the, I guess the king's quarters. Mm -hmm. And, or I, well, I presume the king's quarters. But everyone's wearing tobes, which are those long white robes that the men wear in the red. The cliche, red yeah, of course, right? Yeah, except it's not cliche. It's actually what they wear. <laughs> it's called a tobe. Shout out tobe. Shout out tobe. And I'm sitting in this room and there's like tobes everywhere and different colors mean different, head wrap colors mean different things. Oh. So I was like, yo, is this person, the person I'm meeting? Like there's 72 men surrounding each man. Like I just, just was really interesting. Hmm. So then I walk out of the airport and I'm like, wait, how did I get out of the airport? How is this happening? 
And then I walk into some tinted car and I'm like, this is getting better. <laughs> and then I show up to... Um, was it like an 80s Mercedes? No, it was like a stretch? Mercedes, <laughs> okay. actually. And then I show up to this hotel, which I guess this guy owns all these hotels. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then I meet with him the next morning. And he gives my friend and I a bunch of Saint Laurent because he owns all the Saint Laurent and all the brands in that region. And I was wow. like, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I gave it to my mom. Anyway. That was very sweet. Right. Yeah, we'll give you another bag. Um, and then I f- he offered me this amazing job to be the creative director of this company and to be an ambassador. And it was going to be amazing. And I was going to live in Kuwait. And I was so excited because they have the best chocolate there ever. <laughs> Ever. Amazing. This place called the Chocolate Bar. If you guys are ever in Kuwait, you have to go because I literally. Is it the gained, best on the on the planet? There is no better dessert I've ever had in my life. The, ever. And you've been to a lot planet. of countries. Yeah. I, it's been five years since I've had that dessert, wow. and I'm salivating thinking about it. Wow. It's called the Chocolate Bar. Chocolate Bar, and there's in only Kuwait. one in Kuwait. The ones in Dubai are not real. Okay. There's two in Kuwait, but I'm saying the brand is in Kuwait. They haven't exported anywhere else. So all you people in Dubai, you're being lied to. <laughs> Shout out Dubai. Shout out Dubai. <laughs> um, so, so I went to this chocolate bar like, I don't know, three times in the two days I was there. <laughs> I, I gained it. five pounds. I love it. That's not very model-like, but yeah. But I shout out. Then. I was like grown. 20-something. <laughs> I need to eat. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. And then I flew back to Dubai and he offered me this job. And I remember telling my family and they were like, every goat is hung by its own hoof. That's what my father said to me in Turkish. What the fuck does that mean? You, every, the same every... rope that will hang, it's the same rope that pulls you up short can hang you. Okay. Well, I like, I prefer the Jay-Z line. With the same sword they knight you, they go and good knight you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's, that's very American. Shout out. Jay-Z. Shout out Jay Z. <laughs> no, wait. The goat one. I want to be clear on the goat one. The every go- when, goat is hung by its own hoof. Every goat is hung by its own hoof. Right. So it's supposed to help it, but it. No, the goat. When you cut an animal, which you should really know. Well, I don't want to know about this. Well, I, when, I, when <laughs> I killed the hog and we had to yeah. gut the body, you right. hang it up by the hoof and all the blood has to drain down because you can't have the blood in the meat. Otherwise, it's you It'll know, make you sick. Yeah. Very sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hang it upside down and you cut it down the middle and all the blood has to hang out. Then right. you twist off the neck so the blood can come out and you degut it that way. But it's still hung by its own hoof, isn't it? Every goat is hung. So what pulls it up is also yeah, thing, ending its life. The thing that makes it live is going to kill it. You hang it by its own feet. Okay. So you're hanging yourself. That's what he was trying to tell me, my dad. Because he said that I was making life very difficult for myself in that I was a well-educated Jewish female and I was mm-hmm. moving to Kuwait, which for me is a beautiful place. And they But you already it. turned your back. You said I'm finishing school and you wanted to go explore. Yeah, and this was an amazing job opportunity. Yeah, so you why would so your dad say that? It's not me. like you had like a law degree and you're like, I'm going to go yeah. be a lawyer. and then Yeah, I'm just going to go fuck about in Kuwait. No, right. he was just like, you know, so, you need to, why don't you work? Because, you know, parents, they have these pre-structured notions of what they want for their kids. My dad was like, go be a dentist. And I'm like, dad, We what, talk about what that on the show a lot. Right, right. Family support or not family support. But they think that being you, supportive. You had the family support and then it flipped, right? Well, no, I think they, I still believe that what your parents want what's best for you. So it's support. It just may not be what you want. Right. So he was like, can't you just be somewhere closer? You know, he wanted me close. Okay. And he was like, go do something. Where was your dad at the time? Turkey? Maybe London. He was in London at the time. Okay. So he wanted to use sort of in London. Yeah. Right. Which is where I had moved to. So I, in the past however many years, I'd done Boston, New York, London, and now Kuwait. Okay, dad. 
Mm. You know, your parents want you stable. They want you to like have a relationship. Or yeah. Wait, yeah. They want a kid. I mean, more than maybe. I don't, I don't even know. My dad's not really that. Not like that. Okay. He's more okay. like, I want you to have friends and like a mm. life. Mm. And if you're moving every two minutes, you're not going to have that. He's and right. I was moving a he's lot. He's right. So. Yeah, he's right. Okay. So, right, so I that didn't settles that. So you didn't do the Kuwait. You mean you, you said no to the job? After I said yes. And wait, let me tell you. I was like back and forth for, to Kuwait for about eight months to do the contract. Wow. Yeah. And then I was wow. like, oh, by the way, my dad said no. And I'm a grown ass woman telling the person who offered me this amazing opportunity. No. Did he understand? He was, was so he like, understanding. Okay. I would have sued. I would have been like, bitch, you signed this contract. Pay me what you owe me. You know, I would have gotten... And he had the right to. I broke a contract. And he didn't. He was so kind. Wow. And then... um. Then what happened? Then I uh, moved back to London and just continued doing the fashion thing. And I was giving advice to brands on how they would bring their their um, brand into emerging markets. Uh-huh. And I was doing pretty big deals in that way. And then um, I moved to Istanbul for five minutes because I was gonna. I got engaged. Fast forward two years. <laughs> Should we leave years. that out somewhere? Not important. We're, okay. We'll um, breeze over that. Yeah, it's breezable. That lasted... <laughs> Shout out to the axis. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I was like, what the hell am I doing? I need to leave this person. But then did it... Okay, so now you're making like a big jump. Again, the theme of the show, the twists and turns, right? Like, did you freak out at all? No, I I just do these things. This is a lot coming at you. Like, this is... My dad dad always called me windy. And I thought that meant that I can't commit. Non-committal. Right. Yeah. Which, but... Which is bloody true. But I thought he meant like, like I'm flaky. Like, that's not... Right. Flaky, I don't... Flaky is like you can't be relied upon. Non-committal means you just don't want to commit to a thing. It's different for me. Yeah, the connotation's different. Yeah. yeah. I'm hella reliable. This is one thing I know about myself. Yeah, flaky's not not I don't want to... Yeah. I don't want to commit to dinner because, like, that's not important. But right. if you need to get out of jail free card, you're calling me to argue for you. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to fuck shit up for you. Yeah, you're but a real like, one. Okay, so... It's different. <laughs> so, I could... I was... Then I left this... I told my dad I was moving to Istanbul. He was like, what are you doing? <laughs> then I was like, all right, maybe I don't want to get engaged anymore. What are you doing? Then I was like, I'm going to move to LA. He's like, okay. And I'm like, what? What? And I was so afraid to tell him. So I moved to LA and before I moved here, I was on vacation here for two months while I was running away from my ex. But again, just LA because you just wanted to leap and figure it out when you got here. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I didn't know anyone. <laughs> That's Sunny. That's Can't amazing. Can't go home with sun. No. I get to drive a convertible. Shit. <laughs> oh, amazing. That's amazing. And I'm 72,000 miles away from every single person I know. So I can really think for myself. And you not- wanted a clean slate. It's not that I had a slate because I'd never been stable enough to even obtain one, but I wanted to hear my own voice. Wow. And I couldn't let myself. That's powerful, that man. So I wanted to um, start volunteering at Cedar Sinai for some reason. I don't know how I even came into that thought, but I hmm. decided to volunteer at Cedar Sinai, and okay. that was like harder than getting into Harvard. Wow. So I filled out all this shit, and then I was like, all right, this is, I'm just gonna sit here for eight weeks. And try and decide what I want to do with my life. Amazing. So I read every philosophical book, as you do. Mm-hmm. I was 28, mm. for the record. <laughs> and uh, 28 I d- for everybody out there. Before the show started, Allegra's convinced that at, at the age of 28, you have a meltdown and figure out your next Women. move in life. I think men is a bit different. Men is 30. No, I think it's <laughs> earlier. I think it's 26. 26 20, to 28. Male and female, you're fucked. Just okay. so you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm a therapist now, so that's good advice. <laughs> Shout out to 26 to 28 yeah. year olds, right? Good luck. Okay. But, okay, yeah, so, so I, um, you do the intern, is it an internship? It's a volunteer, no, it's a volunteer thing. thing. Okay. Yeah, so I volunteer on the like very late shift from Did you see some pretty gnarly yeah, stuff, awesome. right? It was awesome. One time I was at the hospital and this person had been stabbed uh-huh. in their chest and I was like, what's wrong oh. with this guy? But I couldn't see how many times he'd been stabbed. He was just in the acute section, flat bed, and it just looked gnarly. So I go to ask one of my friends what's going on, because of course they can't tell you anything. And I was like, yo, what's going on with bed two? Yeah. And they were like, um, and I was like, I think he's been stabbed. And they go to me, wait, how many times? And I'm like, I don't know, you're the one that works here, and who stabbed somebody once? You go in on that! It was oh so my bad. God. So, That's so horrible. Funny. I okay. mean, bad for him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. He was so, okay though, right? He ended up being... No, he died. He got stabbed like a bazillion oh. times. First of all, I didn't know, like, Cedar sinai is like in Beverly Hills. Like, how is this happening in Beverly Hills? This is supposed to be around, like, MLK. Oh, see? Racial profiling. I mean... And that is why America <laughs> Hold is on a second. It is. Do you know how many emergency rooms have been shut down? There's not many emergency rooms. Okay. Actual emergency rooms. See, we don't know rooms. that. We need to hear this. Okay. Yeah. So they'll bring somebody rooms. from like eight yes, miles away, right? Because to, okay, one, cool. emergency right, rooms okay. cannot deny Got patients. It. Okay. Whereas That's different. a non-emergency room can. Wait, emergency rooms cannot deny you? Yes. Even if you don't have insurance? Yes. Wow. The, the modern progression Well, that's a country. good thing. Yeah. Unless you're... Republican and then they stick you with like a 70 grand bill that most people can't afford the 70 grand bill but they can't afford well they don't even have a social security number at that point so no but then what happens the the, the hospital just eats it well they screw over the people that can pay by those people have $70,000 bills that's why the bills are that much because they're you got to figure out the wealth somewhere so you so where do they get it from if the person can't afford it well, that's the thing. They are aware of the percentage of people that can't afford it, therefore, and they being proverbial uh, hospitals. Mm-hmm. So they charge people who don't have insurance or who do have insurance or people that can afford it astronomical amounts for an emergency room visit to equate for those that can't pay to try and fix the sort of deficits. That which makes is why sense. An emergency that room makes visit sense. Is bazillions of dollars. They're gangster. Like 16 grand. I broke my hand, wow. 16 grand. In the ER? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out. The U.S. insurance system. Shout out to Reagan. Um, yeah, no that's where he, that's where yeah. the turning yeah, yeah, point was. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, I sat yeah. down like a hippie and sort of, yeah, tried to figure out my life. And then I realized how much I liked being at the hospital. And my dad was like, wait, why don't you get a job? And I was like, well, because I don't have the uh, qualification for that. And he was like... Well, you got your UMass degree at this point, right? Yeah, we're getting to you guys not a hospital degree. <laughs> no. UMass degree, okay. And he was like, well, maybe you should go back to school. And I was like, Dad, I'm going to be 60 when I graduate. Mm, and he was mm. like, I think it's a good idea. And I was like, okay. Father so I applied best. to USC yep. to, be a, to do a joint master PhD in social work, mental health. Mm-hmm. Then I... Wait, 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 wait. Did the Cedars... Uh, uh, time help you figure that out? Yeah, I think so. So if you're in a place where you're like, fuck, I don't know if this feels right, odds are it'll help you later, most likely. Yeah, but that's like some proverbial hippie-ass shit. I think if you're not happy... Was Steve Jobs a hippie? I guess he was, because Steve Jobs Jobs said that. Steve Jobs is like, I took calligraphy in Stanford, I ended up dropping out, but it taught me to make... You know, the font on the first Macs were really beautiful and elegant because of course, the your calligraphy. Brain is so, constantly but it ends up piecing together later. So, shout out to those who 
don't know what they're doing right now, but it'll all make sense later. Carry on. That didn't make them feel any better. <laughs> so then I decided to go to USC, or I applied to USC, and I figured if there were, if I didn't get in, it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. But then I did get in. So then yeah. I ended up just doing the master's. Yeah. Which I'm now finished with in December, and I'm going to be a therapist. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm really loving it. That's awesome. I work in, in um, Skid Row as a therapist, and I love wow. it. What should people know about Skid Row? Well, if you want to see America's disparities and injustices, other than turning on the television and watching about every other person being shot just so happens to be black, go to Skid Row or just Google and then you'll realize more, which won't make a difference because clearly that hasn't changed anything thus far. Take that in, America. <laughs> yeah, wait, shout out. Who, who, who shout absolutely out? everyone. Shout out Massive everyone there. Blanket, <laughs> you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh my God. Um... So so when does that when does that wrap up on the, your Skid Row uh, time? When does that wrap up? Well, I graduate December eleventh um, or something, mm-hmm. and then I, then I start. Well, then I haven't really figured it out because I have to apply for licensing, but that's a two year process. So I can't really figure out. Once you apply, you have to start it, and you have to complete a certain amount of hours. Mm. Three thousand hours. We and talked it, about this. If you yeah. don't hit your 3,000 mark, then within you... Within the two years. Within two years, you literally have to go back to zero? Yeah, you have to start again. Man. So I don't really know <sighs> if I want to do that or if I just want to do a PhD because I'm really into the neuropsychological um, components of the transmitters and, and how trauma shapes the brain and, and all sorts of things. My favorite saying is the neurons that fire together, wire together. Yep. Thank your parents, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god shout out parents okay lightning round here we go what's been your uh, biggest blessing in disguise oh disguise i don't know but my grandfather is my biggest blessing no blessing in disguise well, i mean i mean so what, something you know i'm aware of what blessing in disguise means <laughs> thank you i just wanted you all to know that my baba is my biggest blessing in disguise it's very sweet my engagement had I not been engaged to an absolute toss of a person, that's mm. not very nice. Can What's we, toss? Can we delete that? Um, <laughs> what, like, give us what, okay, what does toss mean I for those that I chose to be engaged don't. to... Um, a wanker. Yeah, an alcoholic. Oh. And had I not realized that I didn't deserve that, which I did not know, mm. I would never have taken the leap of seeing that black hole, you know, that you go into when you're depressed... Where was this at? This in was Turkey. in Turkey. Had I not seen that I was willing to do anything for a person whom I profess to love, mm. had I not realized that I could do anything, which I realized when I moved to Turkey, not speaking Turkish very well or at all, never living there and like totally becoming one with the situation and, and being able to handle it. Mm. Um, had I not realized that I could do all those things as well as being a pretend wife, I don't think I would have known that I deserve better. And that mm. that taught me that I'm going to get better for myself because I didn't know my value. And I, I had to see the dark day to know that. What's your favorite quote? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I think I would say my favorite quote because... Uh, favorite is such a seat commitment. That's like a big thing to say, but I'm going to tell you my top, my top five, top five. Oh, top five, um, top five. Shout out, Drake. <laughs> okay. 
If the soul is left in darkness, sins will be committed. The guilty one is not he whom commits the sins, but he who causes the darkness. That's big. Wow. Yo, that is today. That, that is, is today. so today. Yeah. Who said that? That Martin Luther King. That he did. That, <laughs> I, well, he got it from that, Victor Hugo. But. but that like perfectly encapsulates like where we are. Yeah. Don't piss people off. I think you dropped some really... Can I put some, my girls back in now? Some dope wisdom. Yeah. You could kick the girls. Surprised you're not wearing bape. But I know uh, I didn't want to do a head wrap, mink shoes, and a girl with bape. That's like a lot, a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. We hope you got something out of this episode. Allegra, you got the socials for us. What's the socials? Where can people find you? Oh yeah, I don't do that shit. You can find me in Skid Row. Uh, at the Union Rescue Mission. <laughs> uh, my name, Allegra Terrell. Don't follow me because I don't really do much. Uh, You're on Insta. I'm on all that. Yeah. But on- nothing for you to see there. Uh, you could email me. Are you going to shout out an email right now? No, that's a bit awkward. No, no, shout out your Instagram. Let's just keep it simple. Allegra Terrell. That's it, right? Yeah, I'm not that bougie. We don't have anything (laughs) hidden there. There's no deeper meaning. It's just my name. I'm not that left brain. Oh my God. Uh, It's not like Turkish princess or or anything like that. Nothing crazy like that. That comment's fucked up. (laughs) Don't let this head wrap fool you. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. And thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you next episode. Fucking-